You are listening to the Mission Matters Podcast Network, where we amplify the stories of entrepreneurs, executives, and experts. You have entered the Serve Strong, Finish Strong podcast, the show for the 40 and 50 year olds pursuing their next adventure. I'm Scott Kokenauer, your host, and I'm really honored that you're listening. We've got a great show for you today. You've probably heard of the Fountain of Youth. Well, it turns out it's a lot closer to us than we ever dreamed. My guest today is Brian Clark. He is a writer, traveler, and serial digital entrepreneur, the founder of the pioneering marketing website, Copyblogger, the midlife personal growth newsletter, Further, which we're going to talk about, and Unemployable, an educational community that provides smart strategies for freelancers and entrepreneurs. Brian has started 12 businesses in the last 22 years, either solo or as co-founder. The first one failed, but every company since has yielded higher revenue, profits, and happiness. Brian and I, we talk about reversing aging in this episode. We talk about the trinity of activities that lead to a longer life. And we talk about what is close to my heart, and that is that it's much better to work from your rest instead of resting from your work. So I hope you enjoy it. Let's get started. Brian, welcome to the show. I'm so glad that you're here to share with us today. Oh, my pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Now, you started Further.net, and that's been in existence a long time, hasn't it? Yeah, it's an interesting backstory to it because I started it quite a while ago now. I'm not even sure. I think 2015. And this was at the time that I was running a software company. It was kind of at the height of its powers. Things were going as well for me as you could imagine. And yet I wasn't happy. And further was kind of a side project I just did to do really for myself Mm -hmm. to kind of look into various things uh, that I could figure out what was missing since I had kind of everything that I thought I wanted. (laughs) And so it was kind of a a personal development newsletter, but just curated. It was what I was reading for myself, and I decided to share that with people. So it wasn't until several years later that I came across the whole concept of a lot of people are unhappy in their 40s, (laughs) the whole U-shaped curve thing, and you get happier when you're 50. And it was right after my 51st birthday that I said, you know what I'm really interested in here is this. It's about people my age Mm -hmm. and what we're dealing with and and where we're going from here. And it was much more fascinating to me because, as you know, this is a very exciting time to be our age. (laughs) It is fantastic. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Because, you know, whatever we start, we're not starting from scratch. We're starting from experience and we've got a lot of recipe that we are ingredients that we could put in a recipe for a future. You started that in 2015. In June of 2015, I lost my career at age 50 and mm-hmm. went into a cave, you know, metaphorically for a couple of years. And I remember walking in a nearby town with my headphones on or my head 
earbuds on listening to podcasts. And one of the ones that related to what you were doing. So I think it's interesting. Both of us started to look at this age of life and what we're all facing. Only we came at it from different angles. Right. And so the spark that caused you to start further was this innate desire to figure out, wait, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Right. And you published a newsletter, which is also under the same name, further.net. And I've been subscribed for a long time. And listeners here, if you're listening, this is an excellent newsletter to read. It is is a fantastic. Brian does a great job of curating information that is relevant and and right down our alley. So look him up and get that connection. In a recent article, you talked about what is called cellular senescence. I think that's what how you pronounce it. Tell us a little bit about that, what it is and how it applies to our aging process. Yeah. So that is the nitty gritty technical reason behind aging. You know, throughout our lives, our cells are dying off, new cells are created. It's a, you may have heard the expression or the saying that every seven years, your cells are completely replaced. Sounds kind of fanciful, but it's actually true because there's a process where cells decay and die. They are expelled from the body. And new cells, of course, replace them. And that's just part of how we live. Senescence, but is when cells die and they don't leave. And that's a again a technical term for aging. Things don't function the way they're supposed to when you're younger. And over time, these dead cells that don't regenerate into living healthy cells just hang out. And this contributes to mainly the diseases of aging. You know, some people want to consider that the aging process itself is a disease. That's kind of debatable among the medical community because it's actually the diseases of aging that actually ends our life. But for this process we call aging, we wouldn't have those diseases. So that's where a lot of the focus, billions and billions of dollars are being invested in biotechnology, longevity science, all of this on a quest to extend life, uh, reverse aging, extend the portions of our life that were healthy, meaning health span as opposed to lifespan. All of these things are related, but slightly different angles coming at the same problem, which is how do we live longer, but also more healthy, more viable lives? Because I don't know about you, I don't want to live 10 more years if everything is broken down and terrible. Right, right. <laughs> right. There's quality of life and lifespan as well yep. that we have to consider. So that senescence or senescence is kind of like the old Uncle Larry that is the last to leave after the party and never leaves, right? <laughs> That's and a good one. I like that. Doing... <laughs> yeah. You get a whole bunch of Larrys long enough and pretty soon the house is a mess. So you talk about the healthy aging trinity as nutrition, exercise, and sleep. So what's involved in this cellular change and how does that affect the trinity? Is there, do we take a pill for this to change or what exactly is this senescence, the work that we do to reverse? 
Right. Okay. So there's two components here, something I like to refer to as living long enough to live a lot longer. And that's the combination of what can we do ourselves? What are we in control of as older adults that can, regardless of what happens with science, essentially increase our health span? Let us live healthy, vibrant lives for longer And those three things that you mentioned are really the key for everyone at every age. Now, we know there are a lot of people in the United States and other places, but especially in the United States, who do not take very good care of themselves at all ages. And it becomes even more important, though, as we get older, because there's a difference between what's known as chronological age, which is I'm... 55, right? Mm -hmm. But what matters is what's my biological age? And now seeing some advances where this is being able to be measured a little more correctly. But essentially, if you're the type of person who eats well, you exercise at both a cardio and a strength level. And the thing that ties it all together is sleep. And so many of us for so many years, I don't know about you, but I used to sacrifice in that department quite a bit, and now I make it a priority because sleep is what allows us to actually rejuvenate in a cycle of things. But yeah, we have to do the work. We have to not eat junk food, you know, not stay away from the processed foods and all that. And the other side of that equation is you live longer and healthier because of that, and then you see some of these potential treatments that sound like science fiction, like what David Sinclair is working on. He's spent 13 years basically trying to validate what he calls the information theory of aging, which is our cells go haywire, not because of mutations, but because the information that the cell is given gets all scrambled up. Okay. So basically, if cells mutated and that was the cause of aging, we're out of luck. Just it is what it is. There's not going to be any way to fix that. There's your package. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But if it's just improper information being transmitted to the cell, you can fix that. And that's exactly what Sinclair and his team did on mice, of course. Now, everyone always like, well, you know, that's just mice. Mice are genetically apt and good. The reason why so many experiments are done on them is because in certain areas, they're not that different from us than we might think. Now, of course, they're not as close to us genetically as the large primates and and things like that. And that's why medical studies always start with mice, then they go to something like a, a chimpanzee or something like that before we start human trials. So Sinclair and his team reverse cellular aging in mice. And I don't mean just like you know, in a Petri dish with a cell and they observed some things, they aged mice forwards and backwards. It's like Benjamin Button for mice. That's exactly right. They, I saw the video where they had twins, two yeah. twin mice. One was gray haired and one was black haired. And it was just, they were the same age, but one had obviously aged much differently than the other. So yeah, it's yeah. very observable. At the cellular level, where it counts, again, with this type of treatment, there's no difference. Humans and mice have the same characteristics that are necessary for this. So Sinclair, just at the beginning of this year, published this in Cell, which is a medical journal. 
and it will progress now to large primate trials and then human trials. So I'm cautiously optimistic that that it looks like this will happen. Mm-hmm. Now, the only reason this would not happen is for some reason at the human level, you have some sort of crazy side effect or unintended consequence, of course. And that's right. why we do trials in the first place. Mm-hmm. But barring that, and it's not going to happen tomorrow, but there's a very good chance. Let's just be very conservative and say 20 years from now. Well, you and I, if we take care of ourselves, we'll still be around, hopefully, at that point. Mm -hmm. And then if it works as intended, it doesn't matter how old you are because your cells will be de-aged. And that creates all sorts of implications medically, you know, at a philosophical letter, at a societal level. You're probably already aware of the great demographic shift that we're experiencing right now much more older people, much lower birth rates to where we have a much grayer population, if you will. Mm -hmm. Now, factor in the fact that those of us that kind of have the economic and, and other types of influence in our society as the older people never really go away. (laughs) And now there's a question I think that's been raised about how often can you do this rewind process? And yeah, Lots of unanswered questions. But to me, the fact that you and I are even having this conversation is kind of mind-boggling. I know. It is is crazy. The fountain of youth has always been this joke, you know, but it's what we're talking about. You know, David yeah, Sinclair. It, it's interesting that throughout our human existence, we have been looking for this mm-hmm. and the idea that we could actually pull it off. I'm quite certain there's a downside to everything we do with technology and and whatnot. I'm not naive. That's the great thing about living long enough to realize that you're wise enough to realize that nothing is utopian, nothing is perfect, but it's still rather remarkable. And it's, it's a reason, I would say, to take care of yourself. So I want to go back to the sleep thing again, because I know there are those who are listening who are saying, you know, I don't have time to sleep. Yeah. My perspective is we don't rest from our work. We work from our rest because if we rest from our work, it's a leftover and it usually doesn't get its due. But if we work from our rest, we look at rest as an investment in future energy expansion, as opposed to seeing rest as the the back end of something. So you start every day in the evening. Every day starts when you go to bed. So the better you sleep, the better the next day will be. Have you discovered any in this as far as sleep? And how many hours should a 55-year-old get? Yeah, the research is pretty clear that below seven, even factoring in different, you know, everyone's different. And when people say, I only need four hours or six hours, I told myself I needed six hours for a long time. And I was always kind of exhausted But I like what you said about, like, I'm not unsympathetic to people who say, I don't have time or I can't do that. But I think to emphasize your point, you can't afford not to. Yeah. Even if you're not worried about this longevity stuff, right? Right. Just for peak performance, especially in your 50s and as you get older, you need seven to eight hours of sleep. And so- 
the thing for me, who a former person who said, I don't need that or <laughs> I don't have time, it's a priority. And you're right. My day, I never really thought about it this way, but you're right. My day starts when I hit the pillow at the same time every night, like you have to train yourself to do all of these things. But the amount of research on not only how important sleep is, but how critical it is, it, it's so abundant, it's irrefutable. So if you're into looking at research to convince yourself or to motivate yourself to do it, then great. But the long and short of it is what we're both saying is if you want to you know, perform your best, live your best life, sleep is where it starts. And then, of course, what helps you sleep? Well, it, we have research that shows that exercise helps you sleep in addition to other things like, you know, the, the climate of the room and going to bed at the same time each night, getting up at the same time in the morning, all of this stuff, nutrition, getting enough antioxidants and omegas, all of this kind of stuff also aids. So we have this virtual cycle of these three things. Mm -hmm. It's not just this one and this one and this one. They all interoperate together. And that makes sense. But the main reason that I focus on these three simple, not always easy, but simple things is because at further, you might say, well, you could be selling supplements, Brian, or you could be <laughs> selling the latest. No, I will never do that because most of that stuff is garbage. Yeah. It's unnecessary. I'm a marketer, but I'm an ethical marketer and I'm not going to sell you something that you don't need. Unfortunately, we have a huge industry. And I think people our age are always looking for the, the magic pill. Now we have a magic weight loss pill. That's a whole different story that mm -hmm. I really hope people stay away from that. But, <laughs> you know, so it's human nature to want the quick fix. Yeah. I'm saying there's a simple fix. It's just not always easy, especially if you like to eat junk food or you don't like to exercise right. or you think that you can't get enough sleep. And I would shout out to James Clear in his book, Atomic Habits, of just instead of attaching a diet or attaching a new way of life, a new way of doing something to your life, you adopt the identity of a healthy person and just simply eat, sleep, and exercise like a healthy person. What would Absolutely. a healthy person do? I love that part of James's book because it effectively gives you a secret weapon in realizing that to become the person you want to be, you have to first identify as that person and then do what that person does. And again, sounds deceptively simple, mm -hmm. but that's really it. And I think so many people perhaps struggle or fail with these things because you have to really want it. I wonder if there's the equivalent of hitting rock bottom, you know, yeah. like an alcoholic will not stop, mm -hmm. you know, apparently if you, unless you hit rock bottom, I don't know that's always true, but for some people, it's almost like they have to experience a health crisis mm -hmm. before they truly make these changes. And that's unfortunate because again, the answers are crystal clear. The research is crystal clear. Yeah. You just have to decide that it's important to you. But for me, the thing has been, I feel 100% better now that I don't drink alcohol and that I eat well and that I lift weights and that I work out and that I get a lot of sleep. My life is better. Yeah. And that's what I was looking for. Remember, that's why I started further in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, and is that what David Sinclair is proposing to do is to 
give us something that will help us in those three areas? Or are you, in fact, reversing the aging process yourself right now by doing those three things? Yeah. Okay. So, you know, if you can reduce your biological age, which is when you are evaluated medically, they would say you effectively are 48, not 55. Well, that's a great contrast, right? Mm -hmm. And focusing on these three areas is what allows you to do that. There are also things like smoking, excessive alcohol consumption, sugar, you know, pre-diabetic conditions that speed up your biological age. You could be older than your than the years you've been here too. So it goes in both directions. But what Sinclair is doing is effectively just reversing you at a cellular level to a younger age which makes things i think a little easier for example when you were 35 and you worked out you may not have felt some aches and pains that you do at 55 right exactly. Exactly. so so that type of thing we're all familiar with you know how things change as we get older that's what gets reversed the irony is i think that if we do get into this cycle where you the treatment is i don't know if it's a, a pill or some what the procedure would be i think it's too early to understand that mm -hmm. but i think people would then be motivated to take care of themselves better all over again because they know that they're rejuvenated they feel better you know a lot of the excuses on why they couldn't do this or that kind of go away yeah. if you're able to be and feel younger so i think these are complementary, but I think that the heart of what you're asking is if this medical stuff never happens, you're still going to have a better life by doing, you know, it really comes down to what motivates you. I don't, I'm not going to say I don't care if this age reversal thing happens or not, but I will say, even if I get hit by a bus, I feel really good right now. And that's what matters. <laughs> I'm going to feel really good when I step out on the street and get hit by a bus. <laughs> exactly. Right before that. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well, it's funny that we go in search of the fountain of youth, you know, through supplements and through all this other stuff when it's in our very DNA. Yeah, of course. You know, it's, in our, it's basically been in our backyard all this time. And it's up to us. And it's our own human ingenuity and, and technological advance, you know, in, in a way that was able to look under the hood and f come up with a hypothesis, which is what Sinclair did, that the reason why cells age and die and don't leave the body, and he was right. And that's remarkable. Yeah. Well, when I read your newsletter, and I think it was called The Aging Rewind, I believe, was the title. Of, yeah, The Aging Rewind. I had to have this conversation with you. And I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to spend time with me to talk about this a little bit more. This gives us hope. You stack this alongside of the research that's showing that there is a plasticity of the brain that mm -hmm. continues, and we don't necessarily stop learning things. We continue to learn things even into our fourth quarter and beyond. And these, you know, we've been given a script for so many years that there's one curve at some point you're over the hill, you know, and midlife indicates a first and a second half, but there's another full set of years that awaits us as we enter our sixties and seventies. And this kind of stuff that you brought up 
with at the cellular level and also the plasticity of the brain, we have a lot of hope. And, and yeah, we could have a whole nother conversation about how nutrition, exercise, and sleep improve cognitive functioning, mm-hmm. right? Prevents or reduces the case of Alzheimer's, all of this kind of stuff. That's Again, when we talk about you can't afford not to get sleep, the cognitive aspect is really what we're talking about there. Yeah. But exercise, this is that neuroplasticity that you're talking about, mm-hmm. lifelong learning, or as I'm now calling it, long life learning. Because <laughs> the longer we live, we're all going, you know, we're probably not just going to kick back for 40 years in the old idea of retirement. So mm-hmm. we're going to have to learn, relearn do have different phases. You shifted into a whole new thing after 50. And I've talked about that a lot on further that you're in such danger of being, you know, early retired, laid off, you know, I mean, they'll have a reason, but it's often ageism, right? Mm -hmm. Which is ridiculous because the type of intelligence we're developing in our 50s, 60s, and 70s, crystallized intelligence. Yeah is so valuable and young people don't have it. It's basically wisdom, you know, when it comes down to it, but it's more nuanced than just the wise old sage, you know, our creativity, our empathy, our ability to teach and share with others in a meaningful way. I'd say that's what the world of business and society in general needs more of. So absolutely. they need to keep us around. <laughs> they absolutely do. You know, you you bring the energy of someone with fluid intelligence in connection with a crystallized intelligence wise sage. You've got one plus one equals three or four because th- now all that energy can be channeled it, with the wisdom. And I think business owners who let people go you know, largely because of age, they will never say it that way, but they're actually yeah. shooting themselves in the foot. They're actually colluding Absolutely. against success that they want. Yep. Yeah. Now it may take us a little longer, right. To come up with the answer, but it's not because we're slow to think it's because we have so much experience and so much wisdom to draw from. That's why we're always the last to talk in a board meeting. And it's interesting, too, because there's this false impression that younger people are better with technology. I mean, that may have been the case, but I'd say, you know, young baby boomers and Gen X, I mean, come on, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. it's not like we don't deal with this stuff. But take an older person with AI, you've got a winning combination, you know, but a younger person with AI doesn't have the wisdom and experience to perhaps know what they should or should not do with that. You know, unfortunately, we're going to be at the whim (laughs) of a lot of that going forward. So anyway, well, what do you have coming up? What are you doing these days? What's the future of further? Well, further, you know, as again, it was a side project that turned into a passion project that's now actually a business. We have a membership community that's tied to it, but we've got some really cool plans about helping people figure out what their next thing is. And I think that's where the big sticking point is because all of this, the way of thinking about retirement and the way we thought things were going to go has changed. So that's one adjustment. We address it a lot on further. But then there's a question of, okay, how do I decide 
which direction to go, I'm changing, my identity's changing, my needs are changing. I still need to make money because I'm going to live a lot longer, right? Mm -hmm. So it's a complicated thing and we're all kind of making it up together. But I think that's efforts such as yours and what Further is doing is along those lines, just figuring it out and sharing it with everyone as we go along. I'm also fascinated with the business implications of what we talked about, the so-called gray market of the fact that people over 50 right now control the majority of consumer spending. By 2030, we're the biggest economic block or segment in the world, right? Mm -hmm. So big things are shifting. Uh, Older people are where it's at. That kind of sums up where I'm at. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, I I bet even people listening to you saying older people are where it's at, their first impression is the nice little old lady hunched over with a walker going 0.1% 0.1% mile per hour and aging elderly. It's such a much broader description. You know, yeah. I have a client right now who is 69 years old and we're working on a business until she's 71 when she can retire and get remarried. That's her plan. I have another mm-hmm. who is 70 and is going to open a coffee shop in 2024. I mean, it's just aging has this stigma but it can be exploded. There's so many more opportunities and so much going on. Yeah, it's thing to think that Harrison Ford is about to turn 81 and there's a new Indiana Jones movie oh, yeah. coming out. Uh, people like Brad Pitt, Lenny Kravitz, Jennifer Lopez, you know, at the celebrity level, it's not real life, but that's what influences our own identities. We know mm-hmm. this. So when you compare Wilford Brimley and Cocoon, this is the famous thing, to Brad Pitt, who's like six, seven years older than him at this point. So the dynamic has changed, and it's really about healthy aging. And again, you don't need to buy a Peloton. You don't need a bunch of fancy supplements, but you do need to take very seriously those three things, nutrition, exercise, and sleep. And, and then pay attention and see what's going on. But uh, the key is you've got to keep learning. There is no more retirement of the mind for sure, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Because as soon as you do that, the results are often grim. You know, when we lose our sense of purpose, when we lose our curiosity and our, our willingness to stay sharp, it, it almost seems like your body just says, okay, I guess we're done. Right, right. You're sending a signal. <laughs> It yeah. says, why try, right? I don't know where I found this or saw it, but I think it's true. The kind of decline that actually leads to death. I mean, what is natural usually is the last 12 to 18 months of a person's life. Mm-hmm. If I'm 50 or 55 and I'm worried about that decline, and yet I won't die until I'm 80, look at all the years I'm leaving on the table. You know, so. It, I think a lot of people are so worried about decline that they die long before they're buried. Yeah. And there's so much more life. So grab a hold of those three things, nutrition, exercise, sleep, and make something of yourself. Added to that, the wisdom. Yeah. And don't think in terms of aging. This is something I've been playing with lately. Like, for example, the term aging in place, right? It means 
that you're not going to a nursing home, you're, you're going to stay in your own home. And it's just curious to think about this because we're aging from the moment we come into this world, mm -hmm. but it's only when you're older that we're aging, right? What about living in place, right? Yeah. Let's talk about living the best <laughs> lives we can. That's fantastic. Every moment that we can. And that means, you know, again, quality of life is everything. If you do these three things, medical science may come along and give you a bonus round. But right. even without that, you're going to be happier, you're going to be healthier, you're going to have a great life. Brian, it's been a pleasure talking with you. I, I love what you're all about, love what you're doing, and I wish you all the best. I'm going to keep reading those further newsletters. And I really, we'll put the link to that in the show notes as well. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Thank you. This has been another episode of the Serve Strong, Finish Strong podcast. I take your time very seriously. Therefore, my pledge is to continue bringing you information and insight you need to be successful in your adventure as you finish strong. Be sure to check the show notes for the information related in this episode. Subscribe to be notified when new shows drop and leave a review if you're so inclined. I'll talk to you next time. This has been a Mission Matters Network production. Listen to this show and browse our entire catalog by visiting missionmatters.com.